Welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you with the issues, topics, and people that are important to you. And sometimes it's about connecting you to programs, programs that are really out there to help the public. And of course, rising costs, inflation mean that many households in our region are facing struggles. And there are some big changes, though, that can help impact families and individuals coming up in the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program and Health First Colorado, aka Medicaid. Thankfully, there are resources to help those in need. So joining us to tease this all out with more information on these changes and resources, we're so pleased to have with us on the extra Karen Logan, Economic Services Director for El Paso County Department of Human Services. Karen, welcome to the extra. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And Christina Iodice also joining us. She's the Public Information Officer for El Paso County Department of Human Services. And Christina, welcome to you as well. Thank you so much. Christina, hold on the line if you don't mind. And Karen, we'd like to start with you. Uh, Let's talk about the need for these resources, whether you're talking about uh, supplemental nutrition assistance or whether you're talking about other sorts of assistance. How great is the need here in El Paso County? It's pretty high. Um, You know, we're, we're the largest county by population in the state now. And approximately um, one in 10, one in 10 and a half people are receiving SNAP assistance, which is the supplemental nutritional assistance, formerly food stamps. About one in three and a, 3.8 people, one in four are receiving Medicaid. And so it's a big need, as you can imagine, with the number of people that we have in our community to have that many people that are receiving those types of benefits. Um, you know, people don't just apply for benefits because they don't have a need. They apply because they need the help that they're asking for. And so there's a huge need for us in this community. We know the pandemic threw so much into upheaval. Uh, so sometimes you have to go back to before the pandemic to try to measure how things have changed. But how did the need change from, say, prior to the pandemic to now? So over the years since the pandemic has started, we have seen a 30% increase in our workload mm. or of people that are applying um, since the pandemic has started. And people that have, have you know, for years and years never needed assistance, found themselves having to apply for benefits because what they had prior to the pandemic or when the pandemic started with businesses closing and resources and things like that had a need that that they weren't able to uh, fulfill in any other way. And now we're at the point where SNAP is changing starting this month with the end of maximum emergency allotments, huh? That's correct. Um, the end of the maximum allotment, that was a, a benefit that was came, that came into place at the beginning of the pandemic. So in the month of March of 2020, when the pandemic started, um, the federal government had approved counties and states to apply for a waiver to allow families who are receiving SNAP benefits to get what's called a maximum allotment. And basically what that means is that regardless of your household size and income, if you qualify for benefits, regardless of whether or not you have income coming into your home, you are eligible to receive the maximum amount that that household size would get. And so that's three years um, in the making. And now people are going to end receiving that. February is the last month that they get that maximum allotment. So starting March of 2023, they will go back to getting what their normal eligibility amount is based on their income and household size and expenses. 
How many families do you think will be impacted by this decrease? Well, every family is going to be impacted. So every household will see a decrease in their benefits because this maximum allotment, um, one of the things that was guaranteed on it was that a household, that every household that was receiving SNAP benefits would see an, at least a $95 increase in SNAP benefits per month. And so every household starting in March will see at least a $95 decrease starting in March um, of SNAP benefits, some more and some less. Those, unfortunately, that have income or have less um, expenses and things like that will likely see the most reduction of SNAP benefits for their family. This kind of impact, to quantify it, is one thing. To qualify it is another. Uh, What would you say is going to be the impact you see on families as well as others in the community? Well, the average amount that they're able to determine at the the state level is that um, $90 per person in a household. So if you have a household size of four people, then you're talking about a $360 reduction in SNAP benefits. So that's a pretty big deal for families. Some will see more. Again, if you've got income and you only qualify for, say, a family size of four and you're getting $200, the maximum that they would be losing is probably, or the max allotment that they would be losing could be as much as six and $700 in their household size. And that's a big adjustment because that income or that additional benefits, although they can only be spent for food costs, now has to be redistributed among their budget from other areas. And you got to understand that that impact is not just for the families, but it's also for the grocery stores. It's also for the community because that is money that is directly in, uh, invested in our community. And so our grocery stores are going to see a reduction in SNAP benefits that are being spent at their grocery stores because they're just not there. Right. And when you're talking about some of these uh, vulnerable populations, families with children in school, I mean, that affects their learning. When you're talking about the elderly, that affects their health and, uh, you know, their sense of security, sense of safety. It might have mental impacts, mental health impacts as well. Yes, food insecurity is a big deal, especially for children and vulnerable populations, our elderly and things like that. So food insecurities are a big deal that we really need to make sure that we pay attention to as a community um, because there are a lot of people that live in food deserts. So food desert is, is defined as a place where there's not a large access to, say, grocery stores and things like that. We have some rural areas that the closest grocery store is a half an hour away. Um, but we also, with the reduction of their benefits, um, you know, we, we saw some impact to the schools when kids were, were not being told to go to school or not having to go to school and doing distance learning, they could lose out on the free and reduced lunches that they might have qualified for before. And so that continues to happen because on a day like, like you know, when the snow comes or something, if there's a delay, um, are those kids eating at home prior to going to school because the family isn't able to meet the needs that would normally be handled by them while they're at school or in other programs? Yeah, a, a very stark difference you're pointing out. Uh, Karen Logan, Economic Services Director for El Paso County Department of Human Services, is our guest who was just speaking. And when we come back, we'll be hearing more from Karen about uh, whether 
whether or not the changes that we're seeing with SNAP starting this month uh, and moving forward also are going to be impacting uh, health resources. That and more coming your way here on KRDO's The Extra. Keep on listening here on KRDO News Radio. We're back with KRDO News Radio's The Extra and our guests today, Christina Iadice and Karen Logan with the El Paso County Department of Human Services. And prior to the break, uh, Karen was touching on the big changes starting this month with the end of the maximum emergency allotment for SNAP. And Karen, will the same legislation that, that made the changes to this program also impact uh, programs like uh, Medicaid and Health First Colorado? Yes. So um, the, since the public health emergency, we have seen um, an impact not only to the SNAP program, but also to our Health First Colorado, which is formally known as Medicaid. Um, that, what happened with that program was that anybody that received benefits or came on and was determined eligible for benefits starting at the beginning of the pandemic in March of 2020, they were essentially locked in to benefits, meaning that their benefits would continue regardless of circumstances, and there's a few exceptions to that, until the public health emergency ended. And the only exceptions to that was that they moved to another state, um, they passed away, or they requested their benefits to be closed. And so what that meant was that there really was little need for a lot of people to recertify their benefits. Um, They could continue to receive the medical coverage that they were getting that was covered by Medicaid. And um, now we are seeing, because it got decoupled from the public health emergency um, at the end of December, it's no longer tied to the public health emergency. It it ended um, or ends here in March, meaning that we will have to start determining eligibility for all of those folks that are receiving Medicaid or Health First Colorado every month for the next 12 months. And there's an additional two months involved in that in in allowing us time to process and to gather information. And that's a big deal because if you're talking about, you know, one in 3.8 people in El Paso County, we've got to redetermine those people eligible over the next year. So they won't lose it immediately like they did with SNAP, where it ended at the end of February and starting in March, they get their normal allotment. We will be determining their eligibility over the next 12 months based on when their recertification time comes up. So is there a way to boil down how this is going to impact families and individuals? Yes. Um, And the different Medicaid programs, because Medicaid is one of those programs that's not a a one-size-fits-all, it will vary based on the person who's receiving Medicaid because different programs um, allow for a different threshold of income. Um, Some have resource uh, ties, others do not. And so it will vary from person to person. Like children have the highest Children and pregnant women have the highest eligibility rate, meaning that they can have a higher amount of income than, say, the individual um, middle-aged adult. Um, So those things are going to, and we have to make the determination on those eligibility for everyone. So the difference with the Medicaid from the SNAP is you can determine eligibility, and some of the household members may not qualify based on their income or resources, and other household members may still qualify. Karen, how many uh, individuals and families do do we think may be impacted statewide? 
At this point, we really don't know because the circumstances around an application include the age of the applicant as well as the resources for some and the income levels for others. And so it's really difficult to determine if you consider one in 3.8 people in El Paso County receiving Medicaid, um, it's difficult to understand exactly where they are at or will be at at the point in time that we have to redetermine their eligibility. So I couldn't even really give you an anecdotal answer, but what I can tell you is that if 30% increase in our workload happened from the beginning of COVID, then you know somewhere in that percentage may be some people that are impacted now that the public health emergency is ending and redetermining eligibility is a requirement. Mm. When will this change begin? Um, so the families that are receiving Medicaid, their eligibility redetermination actually begins in April, um, but in March or sometime mid-February, end of February, all of the families where we redetermine their eligibility in April um, will be or have already gotten their redetermination paperwork. And so, but the eligibility side of it will start to impact them in May. And certainly we're talking about over a 12 month period, obviously not everybody in the first month. So if you break it down in one, you know, in 12% of, or a 12th of the people receiving Medicaid over the next year will be determining that eligibility. It's kind of like auto insurance. You, you, you renew on your anniversary date every year or every six months. So uh, it sounds like that, right? Exactly. That's a great example. Mm. What should people do when they get those notices about the Health First Colorado cases? Because I assume it will come as, as a shock to many. For some, it will. Um, some who have been on the benefits for a little bit longer or prior to COVID, they do understand that annually we redetermine the eligibility for Medicaid. But my suggestion to them would be when you get the paperwork, please make sure that you sit down and fill it out as best you can. If you have any questions, reach out, um, but turn it in in time because generally those go out 45 days in advance to the eligibility or their benefits ending. That gives them time to fill out the paperwork, turn it in, and us time to determine that eligibility and gather the information necessary for us to make a good determination. Okay. Well, Karen, uh, some important changes. I'm glad you're bringing uh, our, the, them to the attention of our listeners, some of whom may be directly impacted or even indirectly impacted. Again, we're talking about uh, the Health First Colorado, also known as Medicaid, as well as SNAP changes. When we come back, we'll be talking about a program that's there to help uh, those who are struggling in our community to heat their homes to, to keep themselves warm. We're talking about the LEAP program. That and more as the extra continues here on KRDO News Radio. We're back with our second half hour of the extra show. And today we're talking about some of the uh, social safety net that exists to help those who are struggling in our community. And uh, speaking as someone who, uh, you know, I, I, in my very first job as a journalist, I qualified for SNAP. So uh, there is, you know, no judgment. This is uh, sometimes for families, for individuals who are struggling, who uh, are finding themselves uh, priced out of uh, what 
had been maybe uh, some way that they could live within their budget. Uh, but then inflation came along and all of a sudden you're paying more for gasoline, for groceries, and things become uh, somewhat of a struggle. There may be a job loss in there that uh, also impacts you in adverse ways. Uh, so we're bringing in Christina Ayadice, Public Information Officer for El Paso County Department of Human Services, to talk about the program called LEAP. Christina, what is LEAP? So LEAP is um, the Low Income Energy Assistance Program, and it's a federally funded program that's designed to help families, individuals, seniors with um, their heating bills. So it, it doesn't pay full heating costs. It only covers a portion of those heating costs, but that assistance can help um, alleviate some of the financial burden because we want families and others to be safe and warm, especially when it's as cold as it is. Who might be eligible for LEAP? So um, like many of our economic assistance programs, it really depends on individual circumstances. But individuals, single parent families, dual parent families, seniors, um, others who may be caring with children, other, you know, those without children, um, that fall within those low income guidelines. So, you know, that really depends on what a household's income is, what their job status is, and other details. And so you have to go through the application process to determine eligibility. Okay. So uh, we want to guide people. If you want to find out about that application process, uh, you can go to colorado.gov slash cdhs slash LEAP, L-E-A-P. Um, how many people has the program helped over the years, would you say? So last year, across all of Colorado, um, more than 118,000 applications were submitted, and more than 84,000 of those households did receive some level of assistance. So um, the program is only through November 1st through April 30th each year. So it's just it's just during winter. Now, of course, we can get snow and cold after April 30th, but that is the term of the program. Um, so last year in El Paso County, there was more than 17,000 applications, and almost 12,000 of those were approved for assistance. And the average amount was um, a little more than $900. Okay, so a little more than $900 per month? Um, actually, I'm not sure about that. Okay. <laughs> um, that statistic comes from the state, and they don't say if it's per month or per the term. I'm, I'm guessing it's not program. per month. That would be a pretty high heating bill. Uh, so, yeah, I'm guessing yeah. it's over the course of uh, those, uh, what is it, five months? Five months, yes. Yeah. All so, right. So um, how do people go about applying for LEAP, Christina? So, you know, there's different ways that um, – someone could apply for those who've received LEAP in the in a previous season. So say someone received it last year, they received a LEAP application in the mail. Now, LEAP is slightly different than a lot of the economic assistance programs in that individuals and households have to reapply every single year, even if their circumstances, circumstances have not changed. So they have to fill, complete the application form and submit all their information every single year. Hmm. Um, so they can go online to Colorado Peak and apply that way. Um, a lot of our community partners in the region, um, like Karen Share, um, Peak Vista, the library, they also have applications for LEAP, the LEAP program. Um, and you can also um, call 1-866-HEAT-HELP 
and they'll mail an application to an individual household. Okay, well, it's one eight six six heat help. I've got it also listed out here for us to pass along to our listeners. Eight six six. 432-8435. That will get you to that hotline as well. Uh, Christina, we need to take a short break here. But as we go to break, again, LEAP is something that you will want to apply for if you are facing hardships and paying for your uh, utility bills, your heating bill. And, and this is typically aimed at, you know, uh, some of our elderly citizens, some of our single parent families, uh, those who are uh, struggling on on a very limited income to handle their expenses. And uh, the application process will be made easier. Uh, you can find out about it by visiting co.gov slash peak, P-E-A-K, and we'll put that information right on our website under the podcast page as well. And if you'd like to hear more about what Christina and Karen have been talking about, uh, visit them online, uh, the elpasoco.com website under Human Services. When we come back, we'll talk about more help that may be out there for those who are struggling in our community. Keep on listening to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio. We're back with our final segment of the extra zooming by today so fast, uh, but we're talking about a very important subject. Um, some of the uh, social service programs that exist in Colorado, in our community, in El Paso County, to help those who are indeed, who are struggling. And, and maybe it's a struggle that has just been brought on by the high price of other things. Suddenly gas is a lot higher. Suddenly groceries are a lot higher. Uh, maybe you've had a car go out and you have to get a new car. The price of cars, both new and used, has gone up uh, pretty extremely. I mean, all of these things are pressure points on families who are really struggling with their budget uh, not being able to stretch as far. So let's uh, bring Christina into this conversation again. And Christina Iodice, how can people help those that they may see struggling? What would you suggest? Well, you know, the easiest thing, you know, just, just being there and listening, but, you know, no, you know, your listeners are now aware of all these great resources in our community and the programs that might be available. And so to tell them, hey, if you're having trouble with food, you're having trouble covering your utilities, here's where you can find more information. Um, you know, if a family or household qualifies for LEAP, they might well qualify for food assistance, that SNAP, or Health First Colorado, or some of the other economic assistance programs that are available. And as Karen mentioned, these programs are, are there to help. They're to be the safety net. We want our families and our seniors and others to be safe, to be warm, to be fed, um, because it really is, you know, a quality of life, a mental health issue um, to, to make sure that they are connected to the support they need. Um, there's no, definitely no shame in seeking help. That's why those programs are there. Right. And, and we've been mentioning them throughout this show, but uh, definitely we'll get the information on our podcast page, krdo.com slash radio. And you can look under podcasts and you can find these links uh, that will get you to this information about these programs like Leap and Snap and others. Uh, Christina, in addition to what we've been talking about, what resources are available in the community? I know you mentioned Care and Share. That's a, that's a key one. Yes. Care and Share is um, the large a large food bank for not just Colorado Springs, but our entire area. In fact, a large part of Southern Colorado. Um, they are a critical partner. Um, you know, 
El Paso County, we're finishing up a food drive for them because they are such a key piece in helping keep children, families, and seniors and others in the community fed. Um, you know, another great resource for people is Pike Peak United Way. They can be reached by dialing uh, 211, and that can really connect people to additional resources. We have an incredible array of nonprofits and community partners in our region. Uh, human services, we can't do everything. Um, unfortunately, we're limited by funding and what we can and can't do. But there are some great nonprofits in our region that help fill other gaps. And so that 211 with Pike Speak United Way can really help connect families and individuals to additional resources that may be available. Um, in terms of energy, you know, the Energy Resource Center is local and they can help with furnace checks, repairs, and even replacement depending on whether or not um, a family or household would qualify for that assistance because LEAP only covers heating bills. But if the problem is, you know, the actual function Greater, of the furnace, right. you know, mm -hmm. that might be a good resource. Interesting. Well, we are uh, facing uh, the clock right now, but I do have a couple more minutes just to kind of wrap up and give some final thoughts. Uh, Christina, uh, why don't we hold on for your thoughts, but let's go to Karen Logan, who uh, was talking to us earlier. She's Economic Services Director for El Paso County Department of Human Services. Karen, what would you like the takeaway from this hour of conversation to be? Well, I think to ask people to continue to reach out for help um, in whatever way that you can. I know this is going to be a hardship for a lot of people. Keep an eye out for other programs that may become available. Periodically, we do have things like the Double Up Food Box, which are specific places like uh, um, different locations. If you spend money, you get $2 worth of an item for $1 worth of your SNAP benefits and things like that. The applications that you can download for your phone, one is for the Medicaid line, which is the uh, My Peak Health, and the other one is the My Co Benefits. They're both free to download on, on Apple and Android, and they help track how much you have. They also give some good ideas on um, you know, how to maximize your food dollars, uh, where to go to get, get services that accept Medicaid and things like that, um, you know, some health plans and stuff to kind of maximize the benefits that you're getting. Because I think that, a pe that people are going to have to struggle with some of that for a little while at least since these reduction of benefits before they can acclimate to the lower amount um, since they've been getting the higher amount for the last three years. And so, but certainly I don't want people to not reach out to our department for help to think that they can't get the help. There is help, but it is something that we will work with people on and continue to offer them resources and things that they can use um, in the community to assist and also to encourage the community that if you know somebody who is struggling, help them out. Do what you can if they need a ride, if they need, um, you know, some, some extra meals or something like that, maybe reach out and see if there's anything that you can do to help them. Because I think that we're a good community that is really involved with our neighbors and friends and things like that. And I think that's probably going to get us through a lot of this. Yeah, we are a caring community. That's for sure. Because anytime that we've uh, held any of our food drives, as we do occasionally, uh, in partnership, uh, KRDO and Care and Share, uh, they always bring uh, just a ton of very 
warm-hearted, solid-hearted people out to uh, to help and to donate. Um, Christina Iodice, and we should mention Christina is soon to become Christina McDonald because uh, there's a very happy event on the horizon. So uh, a little advance congratulations on the happy nuptials. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So, Christina, what would you like to share with our listeners in this final uh, segment? Uh, Karen did a great job of run, of s- summarizing, really. I mean, we want people who need help to seek it out, and she's right. We are we live in a very caring community, and so those who are able to help and to donate and support local nonprofits certainly do that in a big way. And so there's there's help out there. We just have to make sure that those who need it are aware of it and can get to it. Christina Iodice, soon to be McDonald, and Karen Logan, both with El Paso County Department of Human Services, really want to thank you for bringing our attention to these uh, programs as well as to the changes coming to them during this hour of conversation. Thanks to you both. Thank you for all your help. Thank you so much for helping us get the word out. And if you'd like to learn more, we'll put the website links up on our podcast page. I'm Shannon Brinius. Thanks for listening.